Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. It's intentional. Now I want you to think about just one guy. I mean, I could, I, could, I could talk for hours about 20 different people that were anointed in the Bible or how God anointed my life. How one day I was that Lisa and after the anointing came, I was a different Lisa. Right? God's anointing is intentional. God, he, he anoints you on purpose. And because he does it on purpose, it means he has a plan. And if there's a plan and a purpose and a power, if there's a plan and a purpose and a power, then something should be manifesting in your life. Intentional means he did it on purpose. It was deliberate. It was calculated. It was willingly. It was purposely. It was pre-planned. And to do something with an intention means you intended to do it, you aimed to do it, or you planned to do it. So if God has anointed you, how do I know that I'm anointed? I don't, I, I don't have my note in front of me. Or I have to find it, and I'm running short on time. But it says this, that God anointed us and sealed us with the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul says. God anointed us and sealed us with the Holy Spirit. He said, go and wait till you receive my anointing or my power in Acts 1.8. And the anointing comes on them in Acts chapter 2. They begin to speak in another language as the Spirit of God gives them utterance or anoints them to do it. When the Spirit of the Lord in the Old Testament, when the anointing would come on people, they would say it this way, the Spirit of the Lord came on them. In the New Testament, it says, and they were filled with power. In the Old Testament, the anointing came on them. In the New Testament, the anointing comes in you. Amen. Right? The Spirit of the Lord. In the Hebrew, that word, even the Spirit of the Lord coming on you, the picture is it comes down like a cloud or like a garment and it wraps around you. And what it is soaks down into you until you become that. Second Corinthians one twenty two is where, uh, where Paul says that you've been anointed and sealed with Holy Spirit. Paul talks about how, how, uh, how, in Acts, Peter talks about how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. Jesus was anointed. The disciples were anointed. You're anointed. Why? Because there's a plan, a purpose, and a power to do something for the kingdom of God. Because God's government is increasing and he's going to use you to do it. So it's intentional. Ephesians 2.10 says this. We are his workmanship. We were created in Christ to do good works, which God uh, planned before that we should walk in. Jeremiah 1.15. God says to Jeremiah, before you were even born, before you were even formed in the womb, I knew you. I set you apart. I anointed you. And I ordained you to be a prophet. 
before you were even born, before you were even walking around in confusion, before you begin to question, before you begin to experiment or try to discover or try to enact or go after anything. God already intended for you to be anointed. He had a plan. He had a purpose and made provision for a power and an anointing to come on you that would shape you and allow you to fulfill his purpose. That's what the anointing is for. We are in a season of increase. That means an anointing must come on us. There's an anointing, right? When I was in Texas not too long ago, I was crying out to God. I need an anointing I've never had. I need a revelation I have never had. I need a power that I've never had. Because the, the demand and increase on my time and the ministry that we have as Warring Dove International and Eagle Rock Church is too great. Whatever anointing I had before, it's not enough for the next season. I need more. If I ask him, will my father not give me more of his spirit? Absolutely. So let's look in 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. You want to open your Bible and and we're going to kind of skip through here. What happens when an anointing comes on somebody? What does that look like? Does it mean that they're going to go tiptoeing through the tulips and everything's going to be easy and it's going to be fun? No. Does it mean they'll be hidden forever and nobody will ever know them? Absolutely not. If you're anointed, you will be known. You may not be known by people on the earth. Maybe you'll just be known by demons and angels or the Father. Imagine that. Which one's greater? 1 Samuel chapter 16, 1. There is a king. He is not doing a good job. God says, God says to Samuel the prophet, Go fill your horn with oil. Go fill your horn with oil, right? Go fill the horn with oil and go anoint a son of Jesse, right? He actually says this. Go fill your horn with oil. And then it goes on and says, for I have selected for myself a king, right? God has already decided who he's going to use. He's already chosen. He already knows that that boy does not have what it's going to take to become the king of Israel. He already knows that that boy is going to suffer and go through things. And he's going to have joys and he's going to have pleasure and and all these things. But an anointing is going to have to come from God himself to empower him to do what God has called him to do. So Samuel fills his horn with oil and he goes to the house. As soon as he sees the first son of Jesse, he sees this tall guy that's handsome. He says, whoa, he must be the one. And God says, no, not him. I reject him. You're looking at the outside. And many times we look at the outside too. God, I'm too old. I'm not pretty. I'm not smart enough. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll eat some worms. And we have this attitude. But God does not look on the outside. He's not even looking at you. Because all God needs is a body. He just needs a vessel that will empty out and allow him to pour the oil in. Because the oil and the anointing will make you become what God needs. The oil and the anointing will make you become what God needs. The oil and the anointing will make you become what God needs. Believe me. Verse 13. So Samuel takes the, God says to him, you're looking on the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. So Samuel takes the horn of oil 
in verse 13, and he anoints him in the midst of his brothers. And it says this, and the spirit of the Lord, the anointing came mightily upon David from that day forward. Once you're anointed, you're going to be anointed and the anointing is going to do its work. Once you're anointed, you're going to be anointed and the anointing is going to do its work. First part of the anointing is it's going to come on and begin to shape you and form you and empower you and unlock your gifts and activate something that God put in you and you didn't even know was there and cause it to wake up and come alive. It's also going to separate you from your brothers. It's going to cause things to happen to separate you from other people. It's going to cause you. It's going to cause you to want to do things you never did before. It's going to cause you to not want to do things that you used to do. It's going to change how your own family looks at you. And it's going to change how you look at yourself. Once you're anointed, you're going to be anointing. And the anointing is going to do the work in you. It's going to shape you and make you become what God needs. Hallelujah. Verse 18, you see, once the anointing comes on him, it says from that day forward, it increases. Remember? Because God's government or anointing is going to increase. If you have been filled with the Spirit of God and God has anointed you, God's looking for increase. You can't be like this person hiding in the soil and think that God's going to be okay and that you're just going to walk through the pearly gates and go into heaven and he's going to say, hey, I'm glad you made it. It's not going to happen. God expects an increase. Verse 18, almost immediately, immediately the anointing comes on him and we see that David is playing the harp. And he's not just playing a harp or becoming a musician out on the back 40, right? Because he's a shepherd. They didn't even invite him when Samuel came to dinner. And in Psalms, David tells you, in sin my mother and father conceived me. And what I believe is that David was an illegitimate son or his dad had a lover on the side. That's why his brothers didn't like him. And none of his brothers served with them in, in, his, in his administration later. They were like, no, don't bring David. The Sa- Samuel might know that, you know. Right? But God knew where he was. Don't be thinking that because you were born this way, or because your parents were that way, or because you're that color, or you're not, you're not, you're not. God doesn't care about that. He's just looking for a body. And if you're on the back 40 in the desert, don't think that God won't know where you are and call you up and summon you when it's time to be anointed. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to be competitive because the anointing will find you. You don't find it. You didn't even know you were anointed before you got anointed. The anointing searched you and searched you and came and pursued you. If you think you came and asked God to be anointed, you're crazy. God made you want to be anointed. It's all about him. So it says that immediately they said, you know what? There's a guy named David. He's handsome. He can play the instrument and the spirit of the Lord is with him. So they didn't pick David to come and play in the palace. It'd be like going to the White House to play for the president when he's in a bad mood. Right? They go find somebody out in the back, western Kansas, who can play a guitar and say, go get him and let him pray for the president when the president's in a bad mood because demons are bothering him. Think about that. That's what this was like. And they bring David and he starts to play. But what they said about him wasn't that he was a good musician. It was that, and the spirit of the Lord is with him. 
They picked him because of the anointing. You didn't get that job. You didn't go to school. You didn't do so good in sports. You didn't make such good grades because of you. It was because the anointing of God, the Lord was with you, and God was pursuing you and bringing you into a place, and the anointing that was on your life has been shaping you. The plan, the purpose, and the power. That's why you're where you are. That's why those doors open. That's why those doors close. That's why you're out on the back 40 to start with. Because God was strategically locating you so he knew where to get you when the time came. You're like that donkey tied up. And Jesus said, loose him. The master has need of him. That's why you're tied down. Because the anointing is coming. Oh, my God. Then the anointing goes and it's working. So now the anointing on him comes on him. Now all of a sudden he's not out in the, being a shepherd anymore. Now he's in the White House playing music. And it says that Saul loved him. So the anointing not only made him a good musician, the anointing also made him have favor and caused people to like him, right? If people don't like you, it could be because the anointing is doing it and it could be because the anointing is doing it. It works both ways, I found. There are people that love me, and then there are people that hate me. There's no middle ground. When you're anointed, there's no middle ground. It's all or nothing. So in verse 21, it says, David came to Saul, and Saul loved him greatly. And then Saul likes him so much, he's like, hey, I like you're playing the harp. Uh, I want you to be my armor bearer. And now he's working full time for the king. Not just, you know, out in the outer court. No, he's following him around. You know, serving him because service gives access. Service gives access. Service gives access. You don't do nothing, nothing will happen. That's how it is. Keep going on. Keep going on. In 1 Samuel 17, David's back home visiting his family and a war breaks out and a big giant named Goliath is challenging all of the nation. Interesting how God will call na- cause national events and disasters and then strategically locate you there and set you up for promotion. Did you know that? God will do that. I don't know how many times I've been at car accidents. I've been at the place, you know. If they're taking a picture, I'm going to be in it. If there was a prize, I was going to win it. You know, if, if, if there was an opening or position, I was going to get it. It's just how it happens. And I'd be like, no, not me, Lisa. Oh, yes, hello, I'm here. <laughs> right? Because God will do that. He will cause things to happen to position you. Stop looking at life as though it's happening by accident or that God doesn't love you. You know, I had a fear of tornadoes and storms all my life not realizing that the anointing on my life was causing the storm you know here I am afraid of the storm but the storms is one of the anointings that's on my life right and the enemy could get you to be afraid of what you're anointed or see that circumstance as though God doesn't love you or he's punishing you when really God's strategically positioning you for promotion you should embrace the hardship you should look into that thing and say, what is God want to do out of this loss, out of this disaster, out of this death, out of this crushing of my heart where I'm overwhelmed because God is strategically positioning you for promotion. You think about anybody who did anything great in the Bible went through hell. 
One, because he had to crush them and get them to submit and be humble so that they wouldn't abuse the power later. Sometimes it's because you're rebellious and you won't listen, you won't obey. Because he loves you, he won't leave you alone. He just keeps coming after you and you're like, please God, stop blessing me. I've had enough. But God loves you and the anointing has come on you for a purpose. Right? For a power. And God's not going to stop. It's never really been about you anyway. So you know what happens? David kills the giant. Right? Everybody's freaking out. Right after that, it says this. David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he? You think that that made his brothers and the people in his family happy that the anointing was working, that the anointing was manifesting on his life and he was going to kill a giant and save all of them? Do you think his family was happy about that? Ah, oh. <laughs> no. Was it? Because the same anointing that made the king love him and opened the door and made people pick him and put him in the position, that anointing will also make people not like you. So I want you to look at this. First Samuel chapter 17, his brother says to him, his oldest brother, you remember the one that God said, no, not him. He is not the one I choose. Because he was looking at his heart. Instead, David, he says to David, verse 28, 1 Samuel 17, 28. Eliab speaks to the men when he hears David saying, I will kill this giant who's blaspheming the the armies of the living God. His brother's anger burns against him and he says, pay attention. I'm going to tell you five things that the enemy will tell you to get you to quit, to get you to stop using the anointing. You ready? One, why are you here? Why are you here, David? Right? Because the enemy is speaking through this man. Why are you here? And get you to question as though you're not where God strategically located you. Why are you here? And and, and it's not like, you know, why are you here? We want to bless you. No, it's did God really say to second guess God's anointing and that what God said that you were going to become a king. Right? That's number one. Number two, he said to him. And why have you come down and with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Now he uses shame and he's mocking him. He was there when David got anointed to be king. He heard the prophet say he was going to be king. But now he's like, you know what? Remember, you're just a shepherd. You're supposed to be taking care of those few sheep. You're supposed to be out there. Why are you up here bugging me? Why, why aren't you over there doing that little job you're supposed to be? He was shaming him and mocking him. And the enemy will do that too. Who do you think you are? Who do you think? Who do, why do you think you have a word? Why would God speak through you? Why would God use you? Remember, you're nobody. You're just this. You're just that. Remember what you were? Remember what you did? Remember how you failed? And the enemy wants to put you back out there on the back 40. But the anointing is working. And you have to remember what God said. Remember? It's not about you and it's also not about the people around you. Stop listening to them. Number three, he says, I know your insolence. And the wickedness of your heart. Now he's questioning David's motive. You know what insolence means? It means rude. The the enemy tries to offend you. To offend you. And to challenge your motive. You know what? We know what? We know you're wicked. 
we, 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 and just rude, just trying to offend you. Because you know what? Remember the anointing? The anointing needs to work. There's a purpose for the anointing being on your life. But if you get offended and you shut off and you go over here and hide your talent back in the ground because you don't want to get hurt and you don't want to listen to the lies of the enemy and you're not willing to let the anointing come and give you power to be strong enough to stand against the lie. Because the anointing has power. Then he says this. For you have come down here in order to see the battle. In other words, he says, you know what? You have a plan and a scheme. I know you. You want to be great. You just think you're better than everybody. You think you're going to be king. And, it will, and, and it's the enemy has the plot to stop the anointing. And yet, if you listen to the enemy, the enemy will accuse you of being the one who's plotting, who's trying to do it or conspiring. Right? The enemy is a liar. So he, he, he challenges him, tries to get him to second-guess and question what God said about him. He, he, he tries to shame him and get him to go back to who he was and say, you know, I know you. One time I was casting a demon out of somebody, and the demon spoke out and said, Lisa, I know you. I thought, well, that's good. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> it said, you always start out, but you never finish. You'll quit. First of all, that's not true if you know me. I said, well, guess what? I'm going to pray about that. So I just stopped. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, what, is the, what the enemy says about me true? Maybe it is true. But you know what? And I heard the verse, no longer I live, but Christ in me. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. And so I looked back at the demon. I said, thank you very much for pointing out any weakness I might have. And it gave me an opportunity to get it right with God. This is what the Lord says. No longer I live, but Christ in me. He will stand up and do it because he's the author and the finisher of my faith. Come out of her, right? And the demon had to come out. It's awesome. <laughs> the enemy accuses you, just repent of it and, and pick your anointing back up and beat him with it. <laughs> Did you hear me? I said repent first. Yes. Just in case it might be true. And, and, and so he kills it in First Samuel chapter 18. It says the soul of Jonathan. Now the king's own son who's supposed to become the next king. He can't help it. He loves David. The anointing will make even your enemies to be at peace with you. Stop looking at the enemy acting like they have all the power. Are you kidding me? You're wearing an anointing that causes the enemy to love you and give to you and protect you and to be at peace with you. Stop looking at the enemy. Stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at the circumstances. And look at the anointed one and the anointing that's resting on you and walk in it. Amen. It says in verse 3 of chapter 18, Jonathan made a covenant with David. But you know what happens? Now Saul doesn't like him. Saul did like him, but now Saul becomes suspicious of him. And over the next few years, he tries to kill him. You know, listen, just because you're anointed doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But I promise it will be worth it. It may not be easy, but it will be worth it. You know, you could, you're going to suffer anyway because in this world you'll have tribulation. You might as well suffer with the anointing and accomplish something great and get a reward. That's my thinking. Right? Who, who lives in this world and doesn't have some suffering? Come on. As though if you follow the devil, everything would be great. Or if you just hid, you know. We can't go out. There might be a lion in the street, Proverbs says. Well, there might not be a lion. Or if there is a lion in the street, I might kill him and become famous for it. Right? 
So, you know, in verse 14, it says this, David was prospering in all of his ways because the Lord was with him. So in the midst of this, he's going to start to suffer persecution. He's going to start to have the king try to spear him, try to pin him to the wall, send people to kill him, uh, even try to get his wife to betray him. He's going to give him a wife and then take her back and give her to another man. And then he's going to do it again the second time. So he's going to have a wife and and she's going to go and a second wife and she's going to go. And even the second wife will mock him and make fun of him and, and, and not even have any children and get barren because God curses her because she's laughing at him. He's going to go through a war where there's a war and the Philistines are making war. And instead of being the armor bearer and being in the comforts of the palace and the favor that got him there, now that favor on him makes the king hate him, try to kill him, try to get people to kill him, and send him out on the battlefield hoping the Philistines kill him. But the Bible says the Lord was with David and he prospered in all of his ways. In the meantime, the anointing increases on him. It gets more handsome. He writes songs. He writes books. He gets a blueprint from heaven how to build the temple, right? Even enemies, and while he's running from Saul, who did love him, now the one who loved him wants to kill him. He goes over to the Philistines who hated him, and he lives with his enemies, and they feed him and take care of him. Are you hearing me? This is what the anointing will do. It might seem like it's crazy. Well, God, the anointing made him love me. Now he hates me. Now the one who hated me, he loves me. What is going on? It's the anointing. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. I remember when God anointed me and I thought everything was going to be great. And all of a sudden my life blew up and it was like I went through hell. And my pastor very lovingly said to me, well, Lisa, it's your fault. Your anointing's doing it. Your anointing's causing division. Your anointing's causing this. You won't do what God wants. And every time you go to that church, it blows up because God wants you to start a church. I'm like, I don't want to start a church. I never wanted to start a church. And he goes, well, as long as you keep going to other churches, this is what's going to happen. The anointing on your life is going to blow everything up because God wants what he wants out of you. That's why he anointed you, Lisa. When you're walking around and you don't understand what's going on and you don't understand what the anointing's for or the side effects or the effects of the anointing, you'll think it's all the devil. But the anointing did not come from the devil. He has no power over you. It's the anointing. It's the plans and purposes and power of God that is operating in you. And you need to forgive God because God anointed you because he loved you. God anointed you because he needed you to do something in the kingdom. And the anointing came to give you power to accomplish something for the kingdom. It wasn't about you. Stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at your family. Stop looking at the government. Stop looking at the bank account. Stop looking at the devil and look at God because he's the anointing. Let the anointing do its work and finish what he started. Otherwise, you'll just be crying. Let's keep going. In there, I want you to pay attention to this. You know, they get to the place where they're running, 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 right? And, and, and he goes to Samuel to hide from the king. Listen, I'm talking about the anointing, what the anointing will do. The enemy may pursue you and people might manifest all around you, but the anointing will save you. The anointing will bring you to the place that God said you would be. You can resist it, fight it, kick it, whatever, and suffer. Or you can allow the anointing to do its work and let God bring you where he wants. So the kingdom of God will come to earth through you. 
Whether you're in business, whether you're in medicine, whether you're in education, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a welder, whether you're a minister, whether you're a missionary, the anointing has come on you for that thing. The first time the anointing comes on anybody in the Bible, it came on a guy that was a welder who made gold and silver things so he could make the instruments in the temple. It wasn't a priest. It was, it was somebody who was a worker with their hands and some artists. The anointing comes, whether it's for money, education, whatever it is. You have been anointed by God. Have you ever asked God, why am I in this job? Why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why do I live in this apartment? Why do I drive this car? Why do I have this job? Because the anointing has strategically located you for promotion. And so the kingdom of God would come to that place. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.